Hello everyone and welcome to the Artful Athlete Podcast episode 119. Thank you for your kind ears and feedback from last week's episode. I was hesitant in how to follow on from that sharing and I decided that today's topic, even if it gets revisited in the future, made sense to explore. Gonna throw this out there again, but I am not a doctor, I know, big surprise. And each body is different and you should use supplements alongside a balanced diet and lifestyle. I'm only sharing my own experience and what I have found helpful on this journey. There's always some science available out there for everything. So do your own research to see if the option I mentioned here today could fit you. Oh, and by the way, I'm not sponsored whatsoever. So if there's a couple of brands I end up mentioning, it's literally just because I was convinced to try them through the literature and the reviews that I read. So without further ado, here are the three supplements I have found useful as part of the recovery from jaw surgery and the management of the highs and lows of periodontal illness. Number one, vitamin D3K2 specifically. You need the vitamin K to send the calcium to the bones and with periodontal illness attacking the bone in the jaw, it makes sense to go with that one, doesn't it? You need to support the bones, right? Increasing your exposure or intake of vitamin D only without enough vitamin K can cause an increase of your calcium levels without the ability for the body to use that calcium effectively. The vitamin K helps the little calcium soldiers to find tasks and rally points in a way. And when you take a vitamin D3K2 supplement, it helps guide the calcium to the bones directly. Without enough vitamin K, you're at risk of calcium depositing itself in the arteries and other soft tissues. In the long run, this can be dangerous as it has been identified as a potential factor for strokes, heart diseases and heart attacks. I've tried different brands from French brands that I knew from home to vegan brands available online or through local health shops and Personally, I haven't noticed a stark difference between either of them. So go with what you can afford. Check the dosage to see if maybe the reason why one of them is cheaper is because the dosage of vitamin D and vitamin K is a bit lower than in the other one. And depending on how you're feeling, check that it could be the one for you. Do your research. Choose something that fits your budget and fits your diet. There's vegan and non-vegans vitamin D3K2 supplements out there. Vitamin D is a good friend to humans, so make sure you regularly expose yourself to morning sunlight, ideally even on cloudy days, especially on cloudy days, as it's the safest time to be exposed to sunlight. Woohoo! Number two, collagen. Collagen is a type of protein that roughly amounts to 30% of your body's protein. That's a lot, by the way, that's a lot. That's a solid percentage of your physical composition. And as you age, your body will produce less and less of it. You can find collagen in your muscles, your joints, your ligaments, your bones, the lining of your digestive organs, your skin, your hair, and so on and etc. It is used by your body to replace dead skin cells, to reinforce the protective layer over each organ, strengthen the lining of the digestive tract, 
helps strengthen bones and muscles and stuff. Now, because it also helps the blood to clot, if you have a condition that affects your blood on that front, it is good to check with your doctor if the dosage of the collagen supplements available in the market would actually be good for you. Yet again, always do your research. What works for someone may not work for someone else. A certain dosage for human A may not be the right dosage for human B. Oh, also, side effect of collagen for everyone, your hair and nails will grow a little faster. I personally started taking collagen a couple of weeks before the surgery last year and carried on taking it every day for a month after. I used to blitz it in smoothies at first when I was only allowed liquid and cold foods. Then I'd add it to this, oh, I used to do this thing, I should try and do it again. It was avocado, spinach, pea, mint, Greek yogurt and lemon. And I would blend the whole thing and add psyllium powder and protein powder alongside the collagen. And that made it into a solid, quite comforting little meal. And you could have it at like tepid room temperature or cool. It was really, really nice, actually, quite flavorful. And hey, you know, when you can't chew, you got to make sure you still get all the things. And... I am that person. I still wanted tasty stuff. The reason I added the psyllium powder and the protein powder was because obviously I was watching my protein intake, which you need to keep quite high, especially when you've just had surgery, because your body's going to need that in order to recreate new tissues and stuff. But also I added the psyllium powder because certain painkillers slow down the digestion and psyllium powder brings a lot of long fibers. And uh, that makes that whole process uh, a lot better, that whole digestion process a lot better. If, by the way, you'd be interested in recipes for the times where you're going through treatments or fits of pain and chewing becomes an issue, let me know. I'd happily share some of my creations with you. I'm also going to put it out there, just add it here, that it's good to make sure you drink plenty of water throughout the day when you take collagen. That's an advice that goes for pretty much every single supplement out there, but it's worth repeating. As I've talked about in the past, I've not found anything online to help with figuring out what would be helpful to support myself through periodontal illness. And the reason my mind went to collagen is because, well, A, it's in bones and muscles. When the bone is attacked, the collagen you eat is going to be used in that spot of inflammation, of wounding, because you send all the soldiers to the front to help, right? And with the impact of the bone inflammation on the muscles around this region, sending in extra collagen can only be helpful in my mind. B, there's research exploring the connection of periodontal illness with the digestive tract. It makes sense because, well, your mouth is connected to your gut through the esophagus, the stomach and the intestines. It's not my case, but if the gut isn't happy, if the lining of the intestine lacks support, it will have an impact on your mouth and it can actually trigger onset of periodontal illness. Personally, I ended up trying two collagen brands and different products. I tried the Osa Collagen and the Vital Proteins one. I found them both to be kind of equivalent in their effect on how I felt in my body. But with the Vital Protein product, I ended up trying another one from their collection, let's call it that, called 
morning get up and glow. It's a, a yellow and orange box. I originally looked into it after a strong emotional shock. I was lacking energy and I was feeling it strongly in my body and started having these sensations in my jaw quite a bit. And when I was looking to go back into taking collagen after having had a few months off, I was also after something that would help me with my energy levels. And that specific product had 540 milligrams of vitamin C, which is, I think it's written on the box, which I have somewhere, um, that it represents 600% of your daily intake. And vitamin C is also a key supplement to ingest when you're experiencing bouts of low moods and low energy, which you get regularly with periodontal illness. That product also has 90 milligrams of caffeine that comes directly from coffee berry, and it also has a hyaluronic acid. If you're experiencing a lower phase of energy, I think it's a good product to take in the morning in replacement for your coffee or your tea. Personally, at that time, I wasn't drinking coffee, not even decaf, because I knew it was having an impact on my anxiety levels, on my energy as a whole, and I was also exploring different diet or exploring further alterations I could do to my diet to support myself through periodontal illness. And at that point, I hadn't had coffee for, oh gosh, maybe three weeks at that point. And not that I was drinking coffee every day, because I wasn't. The thing I drink in the morning is a blend of chicory and coffee. It's like 60% chicory and 40% coffee. So it's quite light in caffeine. But I still needed to, you know, I like to drink something when I wake up. And tea wasn't doing it at that time. I think there's something quite comforting about drinking coffee or a beverage that maybe feels quite whole in the mouth, especially when you're juggling through some highs and lows. And this morning get up and glow product was a very nice replacement for me. I took it every morning for a little over a month and started feeling a difference within three to five days, actually. Reducing your caffeine intake overall is not a bad idea. I drank quite a bit of coffee when I worked in catering and when I was a student, especially during crunch times, I've had my fair share of uh, caffeinated beverage, hence why I drink a lot less of it now, I guess. I'm doing research on a lot of things when it comes to nutrition nowadays, a lot more than I used to. I've always done it, but I'm doing a lot of it at the moment. And I'll probably end up doing an episode on coffee and caffeine and, and the impact on uh, your periodontal illness as well. I'm back to a warm beverage in the morning, but I'm seriously considering taking that product regularly throughout the year. Because you can also take it in combination with your daily scoop of collagen and it blends all quite nicely. And it gave me a nice energy boost. Obviously, supplements are a budget. They're an investment. They're an investment in your health. So you also need to be mindful when you purchase them. I don't necessarily think you need to take something every single day. I think it might be useful, depending on your body, depending on how you function, to take something for a month maybe two, and then not have it for a month, 
and then go back to it, something like that. But everything is about balance and about how you feel. So you do you. Oh, and uh, collagen, there's different options out there. There's marine collagen, peptide bovine, and so on, etc. So go with what works and aligns with you. Oh, and on the topic of stuff to do regularly throughout the year, number three, let's talk about clay. I've mentioned it before. Clay is great and you can drink it. You can drink clay. The way I've been doing it is following the guidance of Jade Allegre and Raymond Dextrait. For this, it's best to use super fine green clay. I personally use the one from Catier. I am very, very French and this is the one I have been using and that I know. I have known this clay since I was a very, very young child. So I've not really explored much what was available out there. Why clay? Well, it's full of minerals and of good stuff that helps cool down inflammation amongst many other things, as well as resetting the gut flora. Now, don't just grab a tablespoonful of clay powder and chug it down like a soldier and don't do it every single day. It's one of these remedies that is good to do over a few weeks and then you just leave it alone and then you'll redo it in a couple of months. This specific way of consuming clay allows your body to gradually get used to it and to slowly work with it. Similarly to collagen, I went to it because of the impact it has on the digestive tract, but also because of its anti-inflammatory power. The more I look into the various stuff that contribute to aggravating periodontal illness, the more I find connections with the gut, which kind of makes sense yet again. I found a couple of health practitioners online who really spread awareness on the connection between the gut and jaw development and teeth decay in young children and breathing dysfunctions. So let me do a bit more reading and I'll share the results of my findings here with you. But back to the clay thing. Over three weeks, this is what happens. Week one, in the evening before bed, you fill a glass with water, like a, you know, 250ml glass with water. To this water, you add two grams of your clay powder. Don't use a metal spoon and don't let your clay touch metal at any point. Something about ions that cancels some of the good stuff that lives in clay. Mix the clay in and cover the top of the glass. Leave it alone overnight. When you wake up, the clay will have deposited itself at the bottom of the glass. And you drink as much of the water as possible without disturbing the clay at the bottom. You'll see the water is really, really clear. Week two, you're going to do the same thing. Water in the glass, two gram of clay, cover, leave overnight. The following morning, stir a little of the clay back in with the water and then drink it. What you can do, and this is what I've been doing because sometimes the stirrer is way too far from the glass, is to drink slowly and then when I have about an inch of water left in the glass to just gently swirl it and then some of the deposited clay will mix itself back into the water and make it look a bit more cloudy. So you end up drinking some of that deposited clay with the water. Just some, not all of it. Week three, same drill, except that this time you'll stir it a bit more and drink more of the sediment. Throughout the three weeks, it's important to drink at least two liters of water a day to help the body work with the clay. It's not a practice I've heard of outside of France, so it kind of 
led me to wonder if that was maybe just a French thing. If you'd never heard about the use of clay as a supplement outside of cosmetics, let me know. I think it's interesting since a few powdered medications actually use powdered clay too. And yep, this is what I've got for you today. There's lots of other areas to explore within this field of how to supplement your body if you suffer from any form of periodontal illness, but this is as good a place to start as any. There's stuff related to remineralizing the mouth and teeth, balancing the gut, working with symptoms of stress and anxiety, nutrition, stuff to avoid, stuff to limit, stuff to be mindful of, etc. And, well, I've already been taking some notes on what's been helpful and unhelpful for me, but I need to see how much of it is ready for me to share, do some cross readings to get the science behind it, and as I've mentioned in the previous episode to not jump the gun when it comes to sharing stuff about my journey with periodontal illness. But once I've sorted my readings and my research, once I've done all of that, I'll get busy sharing, I promise. But for now, that's it for today. Let me know if you found this helpful. Obviously, you don't need to have periodontal illness to use any of these supplements. There's lots of benefits to draw from taking these, even if you're not suffering from an ailment. Do your research, see if it resonates with you, and just make your call. I'll catch you next Thursday for another episode. Have a lovely week, and I'll speak to you soon. 